Hey folks, welcome to this latest episode of Zoe's Horse Bites where we're going to talk about they say don't get off and I say that's rubbish. I've been riding horses since around 1979. Began out quite traditional and then around the year 1999 I started to hear about natural horsemanship. Pirelli, those kind of uh, training methods, Monty Roberts, stuff like that. And then in 2000, I actually even turned towards it because I had my horse Mia and um, as a foal, she was kind of wild. And, you know, in in, uh, traditional training, there was no answers how to train a wild horse. So natural horsemanship was the answer. And uh, I, I, I followed those methods and got practicing, invested a lot of money and stuff like that. And kind of went, went away from it a little bit as well. You know, peer pressure and traditionalism and stuff like that. And then I moved to the Netherlands in 2005. Got a job, stuff like that. And uh, my relationship with my horse at that time, Mia, started to go downhill super fast. She was uh, becoming aggressive and, um, for the lack of better words, I just did not have the knowledge how to handle this horse who needed my absolute full attention, but I didn't have the information or education how to give it a good attention in order to progress and uh, get ourselves out of this hole. So I turned to natural horsemanship again and lo and behold, within three weeks already, I could see this miraculously amazing change in her but of course it wasn't her that was changing it was me I was getting the knowledge I was putting in the time the hours and the effort trying to understand who she was as a species and figuring it out from there and it was from these lessons that I learned about you know okay she weighed the best part of 800 kilos she was an Irish sports horse she's dead now bless her soul I I miss her insanely um But, you know, she's a big girl, 16'3", like, you know, a bodybuilder, really big horse. And that was part of the reasons why I struggled with her, especially later, because she was so big. And I'm only short. I'm only, like, 5'2", 163 centimetres, you know. Not that height should have anything to do with it, but I felt intimidated by her. And it was through these lessons that I learned about, you know what? If your horse is having troubles or is saying no or is, in other words, trying to get you off their back for whatever reason, you have absolutely 150,000% full permission to get off. Because why on earth would you want to stay on? You want to break your neck? You can have the best cap on, the best, I don't know, even a back protector. But it's happened to me even wearing a back protector. The back protector came up to my waist, got thrown, and I actually landed on a stone at my lower back where the back protector did not protect me and it gave me arthritis in my back so if your horse says do you know what I'm scared and now they've even become scared of you because you're clinging onto their back like a a predator you have absolutely full permission to get off now here's where it gets interesting if your ground skills are good your general basic skills that means you can lead your horse that means you can walk with them you can trot with them you can stop with them and you can back up with them 
then you've got a horse that's pretty grounded, and especially if you're doing um, groundwork, I don't know, in the natural horsemanship world or an academic, whatever. Um, your horse is going to become pretty solid in the groundwork, I like to hope. Therefore, if you did have to get off of your horse in any given situation, it might not even be your horse that got scared, but it was the horses that you're with that got scared and caused your horse to panic, and now it wants to get you off its back. If your ground skills are good, you know for sure when you get down... Hopefully, even before it's got really big and explosive to the point where you feel like now you have to do an emergency exit, um, then you can calm the horse down and resolve things on the ground and then maybe just maybe get back on again, but with a much safer outcome. Why, oh, why, oh, why do people learn or are told, even to this day, you need to stay on the horse, you need to show them who's boss, You need to do your best to not get off that horse because you're going to teach it the wrong things. I never heard such bullcrap in all my life. And as a matter of fact, I used to think that. I used to do that. But the more I think about it, I think, what an idiot. You know, in my career as an instructor and prior to that as an avid student of the horse, you know, also with horses as a hobby, also using horses in sports and stuff like that, I've seen some pretty crappy accidents and most of them were due simply to the fact that the human was so stubbornly told or it's so stubbornly imprinted that I must not get off this horse because of whatever reasons like what I just spoke about they're told and and you know decide not to get off and have had pretty serious accidents. I now um encourage my students without hesitation if you feel like you need to get off for whatever reason whether it's to protect your confidence protect your horse's confidence or both or to stay safe you get off you resolve it on the ground first and if you're a student under my um, teachings anyway your groundwork is going to start to get pretty good because I won't have it any other way Um, you get off you fix it on the ground and then maybe just maybe you get back on simple as that so you know horses are big animals and to give you just a small example of accidents i've seen i've seen horses that go into a a barking bronc catapult their human off of their back into a tree and unfortunately this person actually died of their injuries i've seen people um you know we used to live in um in suburbs of london Sometimes we'd do some street work. We'd call it street work. So that means riding the horses around on the streets. Our horses are pretty used to that, you know. We were pretty brave and uh, didn't really even kind of second-guess anything, which was a good thing, a little bit naive. But if you start to second-guess things, that can also make the horses nervous, right? So one day we were riding past this um, bus stop and the bus driver was sitting there having his lunch and then he started up the bus and he let off the air brakes. Now, whether he did this on purpose or not, we do not know. But my friend's horse literally panicked, jumped to the side, ended up upside down in a ditch with my friend underneath it. You know, the, the horses are, you know, they're, they're amazing like that. <laughs> they can appear calm and confident, but then something happens in the environment. Lord and behold, they're out of their skin and you're hitting the dirt. Now, in a scenario like that can't be helped. That that was so mega quick, so mega fast that she wouldn't have had a chance to get off if she wouldn't if she had um, even considered it. But in the 
when the opportunity arises where the horse is starting to get big, maybe you can even feel its heart rate through the saddle, stuff like that, or you're in a situation where you think, holy moly, I don't like this, get off. Now, most important, what we need to talk about now is how do you get off? Well, if I get in my car and the brakes are not working, I'd be stupid to drive it, wouldn't I? So we've got to think about this with horses. Horses only know what we teach them to know. They only know, perhaps you're the kind of person that likes to kick a horse to go forwards. Well, I don't. I'm sorry. I like to teach the horse to learn to move off of energy and off of my seat aids. But if you kick your horse to go, that's fine. That it, that's where your education is right now. But I hope you think about changing it. But how does the horse know how to go? Because that's what you've taught them to do. You pull them to go left, you pull them to go right, you pull them into a stop. Nobody ever really talks about, and this is where I hope the world evolves and changes, and actually we're even starting to see that in riding schools in the Netherlands, at least now, where we've got children that learn how to do groundwork with horses first, get to know them as a species, get good with their skills on the ground, and then, only then, they're allowed to ride. And then when they ride, the first thing they're learning is how to stop those darn horses, because in an emergency, you need to practice your stop. If you don't practice your stopping, and you hope Bob Hope of all hopes that if you get into trouble, it's going to work. I can tell you now, it's not. As a matter of fact, quite oftentimes, it has the element of surprise to the horse where all of a sudden now the human is saying, stop, stop, and it actually scares the horse because they don't know what the hell they're saying. So we must practice stopping, okay? It's really super easy. It's not like rocket science, you know? In natural horsemanship, we actually learned to... Teach the horse to stop into a bend. Well, yeah, I, I've been through all that and I, I get it. And yeah, absolutely, it makes for safe horses. Okay, so yeah. But if it's done wrong, like anything really, it can hurt the horse. You can really pull on their muscles. You can really pull on that bit in their in their mouth. So practicing stopping means for me these days, and my knowledge could change and my thoughts about it could change in the future. So don't hold me to this, but... I like to bring bring the horse into a bend, not demand the bend, bring the horse in kind of an invitational way. So the horse knows that his neck can be supple. I know that the neck is supple and that is actually my braking system so that if I ever do need to use it, it's not such a shock to the horse when I do. If I don't practice it and then I all of a sudden do it, I probably will find that the horse is way stronger than me. He doesn't know how to bend his neck and now he's going to fight me or get scared of me all of a sudden wanting to be able to do that. So I must practice it. And I teach all of this in my online training academy. It's super simple. Teaching your horse to feel into a soft bend and stand still. And then you practice the same in walk and trot and out of the canter. That means you are simply taking the rein and asking the horse to start to bend its body into the pressure where if you understand the way a horse's body works, if they are supple or bending, it prevents them from running. Now, of course, it doesn't have to be perfect, but like I spoke about, the horse knows you have this communication in your vocabulary. If you do not and you start to do it, even when you're teaching it to a horse that doesn't understand it, it's pretty hard on them. They're like, whoa, what's this? So you've really got to 
take the time for that and practice it I almost on a weekly basis because one you're like I spoke about it's it can be pretty hard on the horse's body if you are working with an old horse or a stiff horse or a horse that's in a kind of um been out of work for a while whatever you are suppling the muscles so you have to do it really gently and build it in over time and look for the horse to understand the softening into your hand when you ask for the bend and stuff like that and then over time the horse knows my horses bend when I put when I use just my legs that's actually an um, advancement of that so how about I close one of my calves slightly with the intention of you bringing your nose to the left or to the right and if they don't respond to that then I'll just help a little bit of the rein and they start to learn to yield off of the leg that won't help so much in a yeah in an emergency but I've practiced enough that if I do need to use my emergency rein my emergency stop it will work I'm adamant about it I'm absolutely certain because I've practiced enough and sometimes just during my warm-up I might do a bit of a trot around and canter around and I'll slowly bring that horse down into a bend and voila the horse ends up stopping and they stop moving their feet in the beginning the horse some horses will you know turn a little bit want to move their feet and that's mostly because one they're either stiff in their bodies and they need and you might be being a little too hard so you have to slow down a bit and two, they just simply don't understand. They don't understand what it means, you know. So if you take the, if you give them the rein back once their feet stop moving, they're going to start to understand. Okay, so that goes away when I stop moving my feet. And you say, yes, that was it, fantastic. And then you start to build the relationship there. So, listen, it was Buck Brenneman that said. Never in history did anybody ever succeed in training horses by pulling on two reins. Why are we still in this modern world with all of the knowledge and information we have using two reins to stop horses? It's it's just mind-blowing to me because one rein will literally take the life out of their feet and it gives you a big opportunity even on a bolting horse if you're out in a wide open space to be able to use one rein to stop that bolting horse you're going to be more successful than pulling on two when you pull on two reins you are just inviting the horse to lock that neck brace into their brachy muscles in the under neck lock down and push against you you know, think about it. This is how race horses are trained. They are trained to push against the bit, push against the gate, and go. And push and push and push. And that's why it's so difficult to rehab off-the-track thoroughbreds. You know, because they've been taught to push, push, push. Only a very few and talented horse people are able to get that push out of them and unlearn all of that rubbish that they've learned to be able to race very quickly in order to to make the horse look, you know, relatively normal uh, in a very short time. It's really, really, really important that if we use two reins to stop, you are teaching your horse to be strong. It's <laughs> And that's it. If we use one rein to stop, and I'm talking about just one little micro lift of your rein, you will start to feel the horse slow. And if you lift that rein a little bit higher, you're going to start to feel the life come out of their feet. And if you lift the rein even higher, I don't know, to your shoulder height perhaps, 
it will take the life out of their feet. And I'm talking about walk here. So if that's working like that, and it's a very smooth, slow, nice feeling for the horse, imagine when you practice it enough, add lowering your energy and perhaps a breathe out to that, you're going to start to realize that your horse will stop on what I call a micro release, a micro rein position where the horse hears the micro because they don't want to go to the macro. They don't want to have you lift that rein so high that it literally turns their nose almost and to take the life out of their feet. But with all that said, I also need to show that to the horse. I hope this is making sense. I need to practice what I want to practice in order to save my neck should I get in a car wreck with a horse. So that means sometimes I will show the, the higher rein lift into the stop. I will show that I can bring, bring the horse down to a stop just by asking the neck to bend and dropping the life out of my body and really sinking down into the saddle so that there is nothing inside of my body that is saying go. And remember, when a horse has a panic and people get into trouble and you start to see them cart off, I don't know, getting thrown out the saddle halfway up the horse's neck or with their, now with their leg across the horse's hip, which, by the way, the horse is now scared of because he's forgotten about what he was scared of in the first place and now he's scared of the leg being on his hip. If we don't prepare the horse for all of that, it's going to get us in trouble. It takes no extra time. People always think, oh, it's going to take extra time. No, not if you study it a little bit and you pepper it in amongst your trainings. It's so valuable and so important. Okay, so to me, in the end, our horse is only as good as what we know. Pure and simple. Simple as that. And when people say to you, you don't have to get off. You're an idiot if you get off. Your horse will win if you get off. Oh my gosh, please, 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 just pay no attention. Or if they've got other quirky little comments like that, get rid of them out of your life. They are a danger and they are not necessary. And you certainly should not be out on a trail ride with them. So all in all, guys, if we know what an emergency stop looks like, we can practice it. If you don't know what an emergency stop looks like, um, then I encourage you to study especially with me, because I can teach you that information. Um, and if you're getting in your car and you know the brakes ain't working, you're crazy. You're really crazy. And not only that, okay, a car is a machine. It's something that you can fully control if it's working, not if the brakes are not working, though. A horse is a living, breathing, decision-making animal. Okay, so this is why, think about it, people resort to gadgets and tie downs and all they're doing is making the horse stronger they're training the horse to lean even more into that bit that they say they, they have to wear because they can't stop they have to use the draw reins because the horse has learned so much to put its nose up and avoid all that pressure is got strong that way so and the only way the human can feel safe is when they've got the horse's head down even with its chin on its chest even dare I say it, in roller coaster position for some people because the neck of the horse is now bent laterally and they feel like they have more control. But trust me, still, if that horse wanted to, it could still go. It could still decide, get off my back. I don't want you there. They can do all kinds of things. In my years, I've seen horses uh, 
even lay down or do a bronc even though its head was on its chest um, and knowing actually that the horse was going to hurt itself in order to just get out of something to get away from whatever it was the human was doing to them I've seen this I've seen horses run and run and run and run and run run so far and so hard that they quite limit literally if it wasn't for a fence would have kept running until they had a heart attack you know it's it's quite remarkable how horses operate and how where they actually go in their mind if they're scared enough or if they think they're being chased you know so we must have a braking system on our horses then hell yeah if you're in the shit you can absolutely get off your horse using your emergency stop get down now you can use your magical groundwork skills which is going to calm that horse down make them feel good forget whatever it was that was happening and then you can get back on and not have to walk six miles home because everything was you know such a mess or were still that an ambulance was called for you because you've had uh, a pretty bad accident. So, you know, and think about that. That's the only reason I'm talking about this, you know, especially in a podcast that is available worldwide because it makes sense. It's to keep you safe. It's to help you and your horses think about, well, I like to think, help your horses to think about, uh, you know to be good partners to have really good um communication skills and when shit hits the fan that you really are able to at least get along somehow and not have an accident that's pretty much what this is about so please get off your horse if you feel the need to don't think that you have to get to stay on absolutely ridiculous idea and um learn about how to stop your horse in an emergency and learn how to practice that in your practice. And you, I promise you, you're going to be all around much more confident, especially if you're not a confident rider. It's going to give you confidence. And I've even seen some horses that are quite unconfident, and that's usually because they're stiff in their bodies or tense, become more confident because we're inviting the horse to become more supple, therefore more relaxed. So it has many, many, many great uh, reasons why you would want to do that and to be honest I apart from using gadgets and tie downs and straps more and more and more of them I don't really see a better option for you unless you learn to ride really like myself I love riding on the neck rope well what's my emergency stop there well I don't just ride out on a neck rope um, just for the fun of it I've put enough practice into it that I really trust my horse responds off my seat that if I was to get in an emergency where boom, 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 he's off, a um, little bit of a gallop for a spook or whatever, um, that I know how to use the neck rope to still ask him to bend his neck. Now, I also am very confident that my horsemanship is practiced enough and that we do things enough so that he doesn't get into such a mess and such a state. But I am always aware of it. I choose who I trail ride with, Quite often, it sounds a bit selfish, but mostly on my own. I love uh, to be in the company of just me and my horse and the sound of his breath and his feet on the ground. If I trail ride with someone, I've picked them. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, you know, is this someone I can trust? If the shit was to hit the fan, do uh, they respect my values, principles and ways of training? 
If they do, brilliant. Then we're going to have a great time together. But for the, for the rest, no, absolutely not. And of course, I'm going to come across other riders out on the trail ride, even in the arena, whose horse goes into a bit of a whoopy whoopy moment. But I know because I've practiced enough and have enough knowledge of where it is now, at least to stay safe, that my horse does too because I've practiced it enough and that we can stay safe together. There's no surprise element in my horse training. Everything is practiced enough so that the horse actually gets confidence from what I'm asking, even though they might be scared. It brings them confidence and therefore I know I am much safer. So I hope you found this podcast interesting and... um, Yep, don't be afraid to reach out. You can reach me across all social media channels or by email at info at getgoodwithhorsescourses.com. You can also visit my website, getgoodwithhorsescourses.com. I'm always there for you, always happy to answer questions. And um, yeah, I hope you tune in uh, for the next episode and that's going to be every Friday. So tune in next Friday and uh, I wish you a really great rest of the day. You have been listening to Zoe's Horse Bites podcast. Powered by Get Good With Horses Courses and Online Training Academy by Zoe Code.